Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. And we are talking motivation here. If you're a longtime listener, I'm sure you're aware sometimes I have to do a little ranting and raving. And in this situation, though, I suppose I make no promises. If there's something that strikes a nerve, it may bring out a little ranting and raving. But I also want to offer up all, and this is, I will be talking to myself too, but motivation, inspiration to let, like I said, you know, but to also just remind myself that it is totally possible to become a millionaire by not really doing much actively. And that doesn't really make total sense, and I'll explain what I mean. But overall, though, it's in a very passive way where if you just sit back and where the most important thing is just being patient, this is what offers up results of patience pays. Maybe you've heard that saying, maybe you haven't. But yeah, patience pays, and we have a great example of that thanks to a new release study um, by Fidelity. And Fidelity, they are uh, an, a brokerage, an investment house, whatever you want to call them. But at the core, they are a, a company that has lots and lots of data when it comes to people that are saving for retirement, investing into not necessarily just the stock market. I mean, that's going to be the main function that is being used. But overall, they have a lot of data. So they're a great source to go to when they, re when they release data to say, you know, what exactly is going on out there? Like I said, this article is just released and updated on February 13th, so just like a week ago. And the title of the article, there's, an, there's now a record number of 401k and IRA millionaires, according to Fidelity. Right off the get-go, may say, well, Clay, you said 401k. I don't have a 401k. My employers are scumbag, you know, blah, 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 something about you don't have a 401k. Unfortunately, that's just not a valid excuse because I also said 401k and IRA, IRA standing for Individual Retirement Account, and that is something that anybody can do. I have an IRA account. My wife has an IRA account, and that is something that is available no matter what. So sorry, but there is no valid excuse of, well, I can't do any of this, Clay, because I don't have the opportunity at a 401k. Well, you do have an opportunity at the IRA. So in that regard, apologies, but not sorry, excuse denied, all right? So just keep that in mind as we go through. So starting with the article, thanks to record-breaking markets and more retirement savings, the number of 401k and IRA millionaires has reached a new record according to Fidelity. Fidelity, the largest 401k provider in the United States, released its quarterly analysis Thursday. The reports on retirement trends has become increasingly relevant as baby boomers retire in record numbers. The study found a record 441,000 IRA or 401k accounts Fidelity manages had balances of $1 million. I mean, that, that's a lot, 441,000. Still, 401k and IRA millionaires are relatively rare. The number of retirement millionaires represents 1.6% of the 27.2 million IRA and 401k accounts managed by Fidelity. So right, at, well, pff, see, it's very rare. Yes, but you have to keep in mind there's a big spectrum. A lot of those accounts, I mean, I, I would be factored in there where I, I'm still relatively young. I'm not anywhere close to retirement. So you do have a lot of people that are simply just getting started. Maybe just at, you know, if it were, let's call it a baseball game, nine innings, they might only be in the fifth inning. Some might only be in the third inning. I mean, some might be in the first inning. Others... They might be in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. 
who knows? Some people are maybe in extra innings and they're and they don't have the million in you know they're not a millionaire, and that's the whole idea of this. Is let's think about this. We're looking into the future, and it is relatively rare to have a lot of money, to have over a million dollars. But here's the key. There's 1.6%. And what does that tell us? That tells us that it is possible. You can do it. None of this is in theory. Now, yes, there needs to be lots of planning. There needs to be patience. There needs to be discipline, especially discipline in the sense of, oh, geez, I had this life event. Oh, I really want that. Hmm, wouldn't that be nice? Let me dip into my retirement savings. Yeah, if you do that, then it's you're, it's going to be difficult if you keep taking money out of your nest egg. And there's been plenty of other episodes where we hear about people doing that. And that's just not how you build wealth. You build wealth by having a plan and sticking to it. And it's totally possible. But I'm not a fan of how this article kind of portrays it. We're using the word rare because, well... How about you eliminate everybody, again, going back to the baseball analogy, that's in, let's say, the the sixth inning and below, really even the seventh inning and below. I mean, if, if anybody from the first inning up to the seventh inning, let's just wipe away those numbers, then what does that percentage become? That percentage is going to come much, much higher than 1.6%. So don't let that, like I said, that's a little twist that from a statistics standpoint, I'm I'm not a big fan of that because that's not very accurate because this stuff does take time. If you show up and think that investing is going to happen within a couple of years, uh, you know, heck, you know, within a decade, within 10 years, it, it takes longer than that. This is why it's so important to get started now because if you get started now and as weird as it sounds, as goofy as it may seem, Clay, what are you talking about? I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 25, I'm 30. I have like 40 years. 30 years before I retire. I'll worry about that later. No, that's the point. The way the math works, we've all learned about compounding interest uh, in school, maybe not in the most practical way, but I won't go down that rabbit hole of complaining, but it's just math. And the math states that the sooner you start, the better. The difficult part is to start soon, that's hard because you're right, it does seem goofy. Even where I sit, being 36, it seems goofy to be sitting here saying, I should probably, you know, be focused on retirement, be focused on retirement, because that's still a long time away for me, even longer if you're like 20. But I mean, think about it. If you're 20 and you can get started, I mean, and let's just say after 40 years, you're still only 60. And with the way technology is going, and and I'm not even saying this to be funny, but 60 is going to be like the new 30 with the way everything is going technology-wise in the healthcare sector. Um, So I mean... Yeah, you, that's 40 years, but that's a lot of time for money to compound and build and build and build. Now, as we continue on with the article, just keep that in mind, and I'm going to stay you know, stay true to that baseball analogy about the innings, is a lot of these numbers are based on the fact that there's going to be people that, quite literally, if they just started their IRA account last week with 100 bucks, well, then they're included in this. So, of course, somebody that just started in the first inning is not going to have millionaire status. But uh, as it goes on to say... As for the rest of us, there's good news and bad news, particularly for those at or near retirement. The good news, average 401k and IRA balances have hit record levels. The average 401k balance rose to $112,300, a 7% increase from last quarter's balance of $105,000. So very nice. The average IRA balance was $115,000. 
also a record. It's not just because the markets are up. Employees are saving more. Excellent. One-third of planned participants increased the amount they were saving by an average of 3%, which is, seems kind of low, but you know what? The overall trend of people are starting to save more, that's fantastic, that's what it's all about. You wanna save, that's part of it. You gotta be able to say, you know what? As much as I want that fill in the blank of something that is totally not a necessity, but you're saying, you know, I really want that, but I, I, I should probably be, I, I, not probably, I should be saving more. I should be saving just in the first place for retirement, as goofy as it may sound, even if I'm 21 years old. So, you know, I, I'll hold off on that and let me put some of that money towards retirement. So that's good that people are saving. And then uh, number three here, a record number of workplace plans, 32% offered a manage, managed account, which provides workers with professional planning and support. That support is a big confidence booster for savers. And then number four, automatic enrollment is catching on. A record 35% of employers automatically enrolled new workers in their 401k plan. Studies have consistently shown that automatic enrollment has been a major factor in increasing savings. Too many people don't act affirmatively to start saving. Automatic enrollment does that for them. I won't go down that path. I think that's, that's sad. That's sad that unless you automatically enroll somebody, saying, you know what, you're doing this. I mean, I get it, you're forcing somebody to do something that's good. So from that angle, that, that's good. But they're still forcing somebody to do anything. I don't know if I really like people forcing people to do anything. I mean, forcing, because all of a sudden it becomes a matter of, well, now you're forcing me to do things that I, I don't think is right, that I, I don't wanna do. Um, but it's just sad that, you know what, unless somebody forces me to save, Unless somebody automatically enrolls me to save, I'm just not gonna do it. That's just sad. That's, that's no wonder why it's rare when people just, they're, they're just not gonna do it. And at the end of the day, that's what, I mean, if you hang around this podcast, if you hang around this culture, it's, it's all about personal responsibility. It's all about, I don't wanna hear your excuses. Well, I didn't know. Well, you know what, now you know. So that's sad, but that, I mean, I could do an entire podcast on that one point right there. Now we get to the bad news. Believe it or not, that last one was not the bad news. That was supposedly good news. But um, anyways, so the bad news. Drill down into the results and the situation is particularly difficult for baby boomers. The huge segment of society born between 1946 and 1964 who are now entering retirement age in record numbers. So let's keep this in mind. For us younger people, we just hopped into the time machine. We are looking into the future and we are looking into and I, you know, what, what are these results? What, what, is, what, is, what are we about to see here from people that are older than us, from people that are now entering into retirement? So, I mean, literally, this is great stuff. This is powerful when you can put in a time machine and go and look at what people are saying or experiencing or doing that you're going to experience at some point, but let's see if we can learn anything from it. So, boomers, they are now 56 to 74 years old, have an average balance of 210,400, but it's well known that small groups of super savers, the 401k millionaires, push the average up. Well, again, that's who is this author? They, they sure have a negative twist on things because the flip side of things is there's people that just made poor decisions to begin with and have zero savings or very small amount of savings that are pushing the averages down. So I, I, that's kind of a, a weak sauce argument to say, well, you know, there's a, there's a group of super savers and they're pushing the savings up. Yeah, you know what? There's also a bunch of 
people that didn't do anything that are gonna drag the averages down. So not the greatest point there. Anyways, the median where half, where half more and ha more than half less is far more modest at 69,900. That leaves very little drawdown on a yearly basis, assuming a 5% yearly drawdown. That's about 3,500 a year. As the median amounts in the study show, millions of Americans over the age of 55 have too little saved for a com comfortable retirement and not enough time to save significantly more. So again, stepping into the future, what are some of these problems? Well, you know what? Not enough time. So you, you know what? These people have run out of time. So how do you avoid running out of time? Well, you maximize your time. How do you maximize your time? You start right now. I don't care how old you are, at any age, start now because we are looking into the future. We're in our time machine, we're looking out the window. We see one of the major problems being people have run out of time. All right, well, you know what? If they've run out of time, we better start using and maximizing our time right now. They will have social security, but not much else. This will continue until every employee or employer offers some form of retirement benefit and every American can save for retirement from the day that they go to work until the day they retire. And I will also say, me personally, and I, I would recommend to you, please don't plan on having any social security. I, I would say if you're 40 and below, in my opinion, maybe even 50 and below, in my opinion, social security not gonna be around. That's already a bankrupt social service joke. And uh, I mean, I'd encourage you, just do some research into it. It's one massive Ponzi scheme and the Ponzi scheme is just getting bigger and bigger, and the way Ponzi schemes work is they eventually go poof, and they're gone. So as far as my retirement planning is concerned, I have no numbers in place for Social Security. I do not plan, I do not expect to get Social Security uh, because, like I said, uh, the program has some issues. I'll just leave it at that, but there's so much research out there if you're curious. Maybe I'll do an entire episode on that, but um, if you're curious, I mean, like I said, all sorts of information that just shows how nasty the situation is. Picking back up with the article, of course, that's not the complete retirement picture. There is a social security and pensions, and some have more than one retirement account. For example, if someone takes a new job but rolls their old 401k into an IRA, their new 401k would have an initial balance of zero, which would help keep the median average down. So thank you. Thank you for finally bringing up this little point. But there's still the point where you just gotta admit, some people just decided, you know what, no, I want that rather than saving for retirement. And so you combine that with this factor here, which again, to the this author's credit, this is better in terms of showing what's also dragging those numbers down from the statistics, is yeah, when you transfer accounts, all of a sudden something shows up as zero. It's not really zero, but as far as the study and the statistics are concerned, it is zero. So like I said, you have that, you combine that with, you know, the, the people that didn't plan wisely. I'll just, I'm, I'm trying to be polite, that didn't plan wisely. Well, Clay, what about this person with this circumstance and that circumstance? I get it, there's always gonna be outliers. There's always gonna be data points where it's like, you know what, I get it, that person has a legitimate excuse. But that's really, really, really rare. I mean, how many people do you know? I mean, think about your friends. Think about the people you hang around with. Maybe think about the people at work. How many times have you heard? How many people have you had any discussions with or you just get the idea that, you know what, I feel like that person is purchasing something or I feel like that person is doing something financially speaking that they really 
shouldn't be doing, and they shouldn't be doing it because they, they can't really afford it. Why did they just take out a little miniature loan to pay off a phone? Or why did they put that on their credit card? Or why are they making payments on that couch? Or fill in the blank of something where it makes you go, you know, I don't. that doesn't seem like something they should be doing. And if they're needing to put stuff on a credit card or especially items that don't matter, a couch, are you, really, you're taking financing on a couch. If people are doing that, I'm pretty sure they're not saving anything. I'm pretty sure they're, they're not really too focused on their IRAs. I could be wrong, but I, I, I'm very confident that generally speaking, that's probably an issue. I mean, how many people do you know like that? So, I mean, think about it. There's people out there doing those sorts of things and those are the people that are eventually going to be a statistic here where, well, now they don't have enough. Well, I, I you know, you, you wonder why. Don't be like that, okay? Hopefully you're not like that. If you are, first off, that's okay. I'm not judging you. The only thing that I'm going to judge you with is massive respect because at least you're admitting to yourself, oh crap, I am kind of one of those people. I better change my ways. Awesome. You are taking personal responsibility and the best part, as I've said time and time again about blaming the person in the mirror is that if the person in the mirror is the problem, guess who the solution is? The person in the mirror. So there's something you can do about it. So like I said, the only judgment I'm going to cast on you if you are one of these people that are maybe not being as wise as possible when it comes to retirements and savings, awesome, I respect you. Personal responsibility will take you very, very far. And then to finish up the article, Fidelity notes that those who have been in their 401ks longer have higher averages, which makes sense. Again, baseball analogy, the longer you've been in the game, the better it is. Among individuals who have been in their 401k plan for 10 years straight, the average balance reached a record of $328,000. Think about that. I mean, don't get me wrong, 10 years is not like a small amount of time, it's a decade, but that's not exactly a huge amount of time. Now, had that number said 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, that would be scary that it's only three, that it's quote unquote only $328,000. But 10 years? The key here though is 10 years straight. Have a plan, be disciplined. Don't be reaching in there and pulling money out. But that's actually super motivating that 10 years has produced 328,000. Now granted, the, the markets have been booming lately. So that doesn't mean that, so you're saying Clay that it, you know for every 10 years I'm getting $300,000? That's not what I'm saying, but because there's no guarantee everything fluctuates. I mean, on, on the flip side of things, because everything fluctuates, who knows, that could, number could be even bigger. Not a guarantee, could be smaller. Like I said, to be fair, it could be even bigger. Still, even Fidelity admits more needs to be done. Millions of people rely on a 401k or 403b or IRA as primary vehicles for retirement savings, so the industry needs to continue to find ways to make these accounts more accessible, more efficient, and easier to use. I, I, I agree with that. There are great tools out there, so let's make these tools as efficient as possible, as easy to use as possible, but I mean, they're already fantastic, especially in this, I mean, I would argue almost that they're too easy. Sometimes the way they, the, the ease that they present, it's, it's like, okay, why don't, maybe you should, are you sure you're, these people know what they're investing in or buying? But on the flip side, I get it when it comes to regulations and forcing people to, well, for, first you have to do this. Well, so I mean, I guess, I don't wanna talk out both sides of my mouth, so I do advise that, but what I'm trying to get at is, 
I think that the market has already gone very, very far in the right direction of making this stuff easy to use, accessible. But, you know, capitalism, free markets, if people think that there's still room to uh, continue to improve, which I'm sure there is, then yeah, I'm all for that. I agree. Uh, you know, make these things as accessible and make these things uh, known to people. For all I know, maybe there's some of you that are listening, like you've never even heard of a 401k or an IRA. Well, you got some homework to do um, and you can get out there and get it done. But, oh, and then the recently passed SECURE Act should help. It raised the minimum age for required minimum distributions, which allows older investors to keep more of their retirements plan for longer periods. It allows investors to contribute traditional IRAs after turning 70 and a half years old and makes it easier for administrators to offer annuities, which under some circumstances may be an attractive way to reduce risk. And that is how the article ends. But the point here being that uh, you know the, the government with the way, and I'm not gonna go down the rules, but at a point, the government says, hey, listen, you can't save anymore. You need to start taking money out. Why? Well, because the government wants their taxes that uh, you've uh, been making on all that money. So eventually, Uncle Sam's gonna say, listen, we allowed this money to grow in a tax-friendly way, but we want our taxes now. So once you reach a certain age, you have to start to take money out so that we can get our taxes. I mean, that's <laughs> they don't say it that way, but that's really what it's about is they want their taxes. But to be fair, at least they've allowed the money to grow in a, in a, a very tax-friendly way. Um, so it's not like it's pure evil, but sometimes the government should just say what it is. Listen, we want our money now. We've allowed you to save for the past 50 years. Give us our money. So you have to start taking it out. But by raising that age, that it just allows the money to grow uh, that much more. So overall, inspiring, motivating, it's possible. You gotta have a plan, you gotta have patience, and you gotta be disciplined, but you can totally do it. So I mean, the biggest thing I can tell you is, if you haven't started, start now. It's possible, it'll happen. Doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't happen within a few years. It'll, it'll take uh, you know, a, a couple decades. But the greatest thing here is it's very, passive, meaning once you save the money, that's the active part, just having money to save. And then putting the money in the market, after that, I mean, it's not like you have to clock in or do anything, you just you just almost forget about it. I mean, you wanna check on it every now and then, but you just forget about it, let it do its thing, and you check back every, I don't know, whatever you wanna do every several months, every year, just see how things are doing, and you just sit back and let it grow and grow, and it's amazing how people turn into millionaires without even doing much. Now, yeah, again, of course, they, they did do stuff in the sense of saving money, but after that, very, very passive way to become a millionaire, which is still what kind of boggles my mind as far as the stock market and investing in general is concerned, is how money can grow in a very passive way. So get out there, get started. If you have any questions or, or anything like that, let me know, I'm, I, I love to talk this stuff, and I'd be more than happy to, to point you in the right direction. So overall though, like I said, start now. I don't care if you're 18 years old and retirement's not gonna be for 50 years. Start now, and the sooner you start, the better. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself 
either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.